Welcome to a documentary first, an inside look at a first time filmmaker's journey. I'm your host, Josh Lindsay from the Movie Proposal Podcast. And with us is our first time filmmaker, Christian Taylor. Hello, how are you? I'm good, Christian, how are you? Good, good to see you. Thank you. Speaking of seeing people, we can also see Jason just not quite as well as we have in the past. You're not looking <laughs> quite as detailed, you're a little more pixelated, but nice to see you anyway. Thanks. I actually ended up getting my original camera working, so I don't oh, know really? what you're seeing, but. Yeah, no, you look fine <laughs> to me. But, but here's the warning. If Jason just disappears from the video, it's because his camera ran out of power. So, but, yeah, uh, but right now you, you look pretty good to me anyway. Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining us. We're really happy you're here and listening it means a lot to us. So anyway, run out of power. So it's, it's not a traditional webcam. It's uh, so it's got a battery and I'm running a power solution through it i actually have a um, dummy battery solution on the way it's in the mail so i don't have it yet um but it still runs on battery so i charge the battery and then use it so um but that's it's on its way so we'll see if my battery holds out this okay. time or not <laughs> all right well enough about cameras and dummy batteries uh christian yeah. The girl who wore freedom. Do we, do we have any updates? Yeah. So here's this week's update. A few interesting uh, things and exciting news to pass along. So uh, the film is still currently playing on Delta. We're super thankful for that. For the month of November, it was in the spotlight, which means more people could see it and were drawn to it. Right now, it's sort of buried in the documentary um, section of the movies on Delta. So if you're going to fly on Delta, make sure that you uh, go to the documentary section and scroll through. You'll find The Girl Who Wore Freedom and uh, make sure to watch the movie. It'll make your flight far more enjoyable. Make sure you take Kleenex with you. Uh, but your heart will be full and you'll be glad you watched. Uh, we are still on Apple TV and iTunes. We are coming up um, in January. I think we're going to be on Vudu, which will be exciting. Um, and we are still in Canada on the Cineplex store and on iTunes in Canada, as well as um, Shaw Cable Company. So that's the network there. So uh, and, you know, thankfully, um, we have a sub distributor in Virgil Films that is busy pitching the film on our behalf right now. It currently um, sits with Netflix. Um, they met with them uh, back in the early part of November. So we're still waiting to get feedback from that. Um, they just need to watch it and let us know what they think. Uh, the other news is that we've heard it. Um, it's now been pitched to a whole bunch of different places. So I'm going to read these off. Um, it's now been pitched to Hulu, Stars, Showtime, Amazon, Apple, History Channel, Nat Geo, Discovery, Discovery Plus, Peacock, Paramount Plus, CNN, CNN Plus, MSNBC, IFC, which I don't even know, I guess it's Independent Film Channel maybe, Sundance, HBO, HBO Max, A&E, Google YouTube, Magnolia, and Redbox. So um, those are all the people that are currently looking at the pitch deck for The Girl Who Wore Freedom. You hope that from the pitch deck, they then ask for a screener. Um, you hope after that, then they make you an offer to have the film on their platform. Um, there were two that passed right away, it seems. Um, one of them was Peacock Passed and Stars Passed. Stars, I um, can understand. I was a little bit more confused about Peacock because I do know that they um, 
took a World War II documentary that we actually beat out at the GI Film Festival for best documentary. So uh, I was I was interested that that did not happen. So um, anyway, but we have a lot more chances to get on a bigger platform with all of those places where it's been pitched and we're just saying our prayers that something comes from some of those. So that was the exciting news, um, you know, as far as what's happening, um, you know, with that. Any questions about that? If not, I have another thing. Well, I have a question about your distributor. We've talked about getting updates from them in the past. I mean, obviously it is available right now. I mean, are, is it making money in Apple? Is there, are people watching it? Do you, do you have any information? Great question. So um, the distributor is FFS in Canada. The sub-distributor is Virgil Films, and they're the ones that are the ones that are submitting it to all of those platforms. Um, the main distributor um, is the one where, you know, they have it on all of those platforms that I previously listed off, but on all of those platforms, it's really transactional. So as you guys know, what that means is people um, have to pay individually to watch the film, either renting it or buying it. And um, otherwise, you know, the way that it's done differently, like when I say it's been submitted to all of those people before, it's been offered to all of those streaming platforms or networks for purchasing the rights. So let's say Netflix did um, like our film and wanted it on our platform, they would give us a flat fee for that for a certain amount of time. And then our film would be on their platform. So, um, but that has not happened, um, you know, to date, every place that it exists, it's transactional. And, um, the only information that I have from that is what the distributor tells me because the transactional process works like this. I give the film and all of its assets to the distributor. The distributor then can set up its own accounts, let's say at iTunes, and can upload the film directly to iTunes or to Apple TV. And it can be watched there by people that have Apple TV or iTunes subscriptions. And they can either rent it for $4.99 or buy it for $9.99. And when they do, Apple takes a portion of that. The distributor takes a portion of that then distribution costs come out of that. And then at some point I get a percentage of that. And, you know, typically according to contracts, you're supposed to get an update on those sales quarterly. Um, and, and it's different in different contracts, but our contract says quarterly. You're supposed to get a report of how many units have sold and how much money came in. And I don't know, you know, I would assume you would get a check maybe twice a year or who knows? I don't know. But I know that we have had this deal for over a year and um, we still don't have any hard numbers. We are being told that um, it is selling on iTunes and Apple TV. It's selling um, in Canada as well on different platforms. Um, I made the deal with Delta. So I know that we, you know, sold the rights to that film on Delta for uh, I think it was $6,000 for 10 months. So it'll run through next June on Delta. Um, but I had to run that deal through our distributor. So even though I found the client, even though I made the deal, 
um, be, you know, FFS set up, you know, they delivered the film to Delta's company. So Delta paid FFS, you know, will take a portion and eventually I will see some of that. I have no idea how much or when. So that's, that's an unfortunate situation that you're in as filmmakers, oftentimes that you just have very little control once you sign over the rights to distribute your film. And it's one of the reasons I, I love working with Joe Amaday at Virgil Films so much because uh, they're much more transparent about kind of what's going on, just like you know, just giving me lots of details. I mean, after they pitched to to Netflix, he I I was his first call. So um, I really appreciate that a lot about him. But that's kind of where that is. And well, where are you uh, in terms of film festivals? Are you done? Are you still doing more? Where, where are you guys at? That's a great question. Um, there are actually still some I think that I have um, that that have not given us you know uh, their answers yet um but I, I until you've asked me this question i haven't even checked um you know how many do we have left to get back to us and um you know it looks like we still have a couple that we haven't heard back from um so i think there's three we're still looking to see if we got into the lonely wolf international film festival the Newport Beach Film Festival and the New Hampshire Film Festival. So, um, you know, we'll see um, what those say. I have uh, long ago stopped submitting to film festivals. Um, I feel like we've, our film festival run has kind of come to an end. But what I did want to talk about today is I have been getting a lot of um, solicitations and I'm going to read this one to you uh, because this was kind of a surprise and it really almost sucked me in because it kind of flatters you from the beginning. But the email um, is from Anda, um, and Anda works for Flickfair. And so, um, Jason, while I'm reading this, I want you to Google flickfair.com because I want you to talk about what you see on the platform. But uh, it says, hello, Christian. My name is Anda, one of the lead curators here at Flickfair. I'm currently finalizing our program for January, and I noticed your project on the Omaha Film Festival website. Not sure if you are still submitting to festivals or looking for more exposure, but I would like to extend an official selection invitation and schedule for the Girl Who War Freedom to screen during our January 2022 event. This is not an invite for consideration. My invite guarantees your project to be selected and screened. Important, please submit prior to December 14th. If you have not heard of Flickfair by now, we are the fastest growing online film festival on Film Freeway. We screen over 100 films and average around 900 festival viewers each month. Please take a few minutes to look us up and get familiar with our platform. If you think we are a right fit for your project, um, visit our website, click submit a film in our main menu, and this will take you to our Film Freeway Festival profile. Once you've completed your submission, you will receive a Film Freeway submission receipt and your official selection laurel, as well as an artwork request. Please upload your artwork to exact specifications, blah, 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 and take advantage of this discount code um, when submitting to get 50% off. Um, don't share this code, blah, blah, blah. Now, this was so interesting because in the very beginning, my gut reaction was, oh, this is great. I'm being invited. I didn't even have to submit. Uh, I already get in. It's, you know, a film festival for 2020. 
Um, but, and I've actually gotten more of these previously, but this one, for whatever reason, I think it was because it was written in a very personal, personal way. Uh, they clearly had seen my film. They mentioned where they saw my film. And so I kind of took a second look and I thought, okay, well, I didn't click on any links in the email. So don't ever do that. I always went and looked up uh, flick fair um, on the web. And when I got there, the first thing I checked was, you know, first I went to film freeway. Is it on film freeway? Yes, it was. Then I looked, you know, what year was this festival? How long has this festival been in business? And I realized that it was really in, in its second year, I think. Um, then I noticed that it was a monthly festival. So those are two red flags for me right away. Um, with a project like mine, and when I was working with David Patterson, he told me early on, your film is so good, you do not need to apply to any film festivals that are younger than 10 years. Because um, advanced screeners with really good films are not going to you know, go to fe festivals that are younger. Now, sometimes some festivals like a Sundance or like a rain dance or like they will create some disgruntled workers sometimes will leave and create a new film festival. So it's all the old people, but it's a new festival. And then you know you're working with good people. Yes. But for the most part, it's people that are just starting out creating a film festival. They're new to the business and, you know, it doesn't add a lot to your reputation getting into a film festival that's so young or doesn't have a lot of no notoriety. So right away, when I saw how young it was, um, I was like, no, nah, I'm not going to submit. I don't think. Then I noticed that it was a monthly film festival. Well, monthly film festivals typically work like this. They have a competition every month, um, you know, for you to get in. So you can say your official selection. Then they do award like best documentary, best documentary short, blah, blah, blah. But then the winners of those then get entered into, a, you know, a yearly thing so that you can say you're the best documentary of the festival for the whole year. Uh, and maybe at times they will then screen, you, you know, your film will screen. So those are also less prestigious film festivals, right? Not super well respected. Um, then the third thing I realized was when I went to um, Flickfair, I noticed that they were charging people, I think it's a monthly fee to watch the films on their site. So this is fascinating because what they're doing is they're taking the Netflix model and they're getting free content, right? So they're saying to you, we have an audience like, you know, a Netflix audience or whatever. We have this audience that's watching. Lots of people are watching. So what they're offering you is they're offering you exposure. The people that are watching, their audience members are paying a monthly fee, just like they pay for Netflix. And frankly, it's a great business model for them because they're also charging. This was the other thing that got me on this. They were going to charge me. They gave me a 50% discount to submit. And so, but I still was going to have to pay like $25 or something like that to submit to a festival I was already accepted in. So, yeah. yeah. A red flag for me is that it says, 
on their on their about page submission fees all unsolicited in bold submissions pay full price and are not guaranteed to be selected for competition all invited in bold projects are guaranteed to screen so it's like you're inviting a lot of people if you have that it's like the second thing down on your about page <laughs> that I'm guessing a lot of people are asking this question of wait what am I how am I paying for what what is this exactly mm-hmm. so yeah, there's, there's a couple red flags here. And it's five bucks a month to buy the monthly pass. Right. For- Which actually is probably a really good idea if you love independent filmmaking. So it's an interesting business model, frankly, as I started thinking about it, because what are they doing? They're, they're paying for a hosting platform. They're paying for marketing. They're paying for people who are going to do the email work for them, the outreach for them. They're paying for intake people. You know, they've got a staff that they're paying for, but they're they're collecting fees from monthly watchers and they're collecting fees from filmmakers. They're offering exposure to the filmmaker and, and a laurel or an award. And they're offering, um, you know, independent con content for an inexpensive price to the viewer. So, you know, it's not a terrible business model for people that love independent film And it's not a terrible business model if you're an independent filmmaker and you really have no way to get your film seen, um, meaning you haven't gotten into any other film festivals or you don't have a distributor or something like that. Um, So, you know, if, if you're starting out and if your film is struggling to get on anywhere, this could be a solution for you. It is not, it was not a solution for me. Yeah, Josh. Oh, I was going to say it. It still sounds like you're, you know, feeling it out whether you know it's super benefit beneficial or not. Uh, it does remind me of when I was pursuing acting, and and you come across these these things where you could get a, an agent, but you got to pay X amount for a headshot, and you got to pay X amount to do this, and X amount to do that, and. Uh, and in the beginning, it's it's like this is exciting, you know. They can get me in front of people on auditions, and I'm I'm willing to shell out money because you got to pay for headshots anyway, right? But then after a while, you I, I didn't do any of that stuff by the way. But after a while, you learn you're not supposed to do that kind of stuff, and so uh, it, it's it's tricky because you're this is emotional stuff, and you're like, how do I get in front of someone? And and you, people can be taken advantage of when they're so desperate to to perform or get a film in front of somebody. Well, there's Absolutely. another thing down here at the bottom that is a really it feels sketchy it's looking for distribution join the flick fair distribution network all are automatically reviewed and considered for distribution opportunities and it's just like but they're not saying who <laughs> they're not saying so my if guess that's is, anyone yeah my guess is their distribution opportunities are them yeah <laughs> so what exactly does that mean now what i will say is I also couldn't do it. Once I looked into it, I wasn't able to do it because my distribution contract with FFS precludes me from being on any online site. You know, this. Now, if a film festival said to me, we want you to submit to our film festival or we want to screen your film, um, you know, the distributor's okay with that. That only helps them. So if somebody comes and sees the film at a film festival, um, you know, they can then go and buy it online or whatever. So um, they don't care about being in a film festival, but if it's going to stream online and somebody's going to pay for it on a, like a monthly site, that really does break my 
agreement. So I wasn't able to do that anyway, but it, you know, Josh, it is similar. Your acting analogy is correct. Um, you know, in the acting industry, I experienced the same thing. In order to become an actress, a working actor, you do have to have some things, you know, you have to have a headshot, you have to have a resume. Now you have to have a website. You do have to have a lot of classes. Those things are true and they're legitimate business expenses that you need in order to sell the product, which is you. Now, what happens is there are so many people in the industry that have discovered this is a gold mine. Like I can, I can sell these needy, wanting actors any host of things and tools and opportunities. Um, and, and they are preying on people who know they have to have some tools, but they promise them audition opportunities, or they promise them exposure to an agent, or they promise them, you know, all, all sorts of things. If you come and join my group or take my class or whatever. And the same is absolutely true in the distribution film industry that I have found, especially in this film festival world. I, I get so many emails of people inviting me to submit to their festival or um, pay this fee or get this discount. Um, it's like there are tons of people in this film festival world who figured out we can make a lot of money promising, you know, desperate filmmakers who want to get their film seen you know, we'll give them an award, we'll give them a laurel, we'll give them an official selection ribbon. And if you aren't an educated filmmaker and you're not really understanding how this world works, you don't realize you're wasting your time and you're wasting your money if you're not considering, you know, the people that are making you this offer. And I only learned this thanks to David Patterson, frankly. You know, I've had to learn a lot the hard way. Um, but yeah, those are some super important lessons. You really, really need to research the film festival and you know how long it's been running and what its reputation is in the industry. Movie Maker Magazine um, puts out a 50 um, you know, top film festival um, issue every year. And you know, they're best reviewed or they are worth your money, you know, the best ones worth your money or whatever. Um, I always start with that. The Academy Award qualifying film festivals are also very rep reputable. BAFTA, you know, qualifying ones are as well. Um, you know, you just, you've got to make sure that the festivals you're spending your money on are worth it for you to get into. Yeah. So that's the update with that. So uh, you get a live stream with uh, Patreon first Patreon supporters. Tell yes. us about that. Yeah, it was so exciting. So um, we do have a Patreon account uh, that's sort of just budding. We have 12 supporters um, to the tune of about $322. It has become sort of the rock, the anchor of our company at the moment because it really is the only consistent source of income. And so this group of 12 people has become really critical to our existence. And not only have they been supporting us financially, but they've also been um, super encouraging, given us lots of great ideas about things that we can do. Um, and so we um, wanted to spend time with them. I wanted to meet them and get to know them one-on-one. -on -one. So we set up this live stream video call um, we gave people several weeks notice about it. Uh, 
there were several people that were going to join us. They were excited to do it. And at the last minute, only one person uh, was able to show up. Thank you, Erica Iverson. Ironically, she was headed to the chosen Christmas spectacular or whatever, uh, and then wasn't able to go last minute. So she came back and said, oh, I can come. So we were so thankful that Erica was there. Um, and we just spent a lot of time talking with her and our, we recorded it. So we're going to put it on our Patreon so that people can watch it. If you, um, if you do have time and you are a Patreon supporter, um, please do go and watch, um, because I, I really talked a lot about, um, some exciting news that we have coming up and, you know, I can share that in just a minute. Um, if you're not a Patreon supporter, I really, this is a great time to join because, we are um, at a very pivotal turning point right now, trying to figure out where we're going next and what it's going to be looking like. And the people that are on the ground floor are going to be going on a really exciting adventure of what's next with our company. So, uh, and then Patreon, I think, is really going to become uh, super important. We're going to, we were really asking our Patreon supporters for their thoughts and inputs on this exciting news that I have to tell you. So I'm, I'm not going to hold out anymore, but um, basically what we were telling them is that we are rebranding the entire company. I've kind of talked a little bit about this before. One of our Patreon supporters, um, James Huberger, came up with this idea. We were musing a while back about, you know, now that I've got my second film, am I going to call this documentary second? What am I going to do? And James was like, no, that's a horrible idea. Um, and he suggested, you know, he pointed out to me, this really does need to morph. You know, your passion is documentary. It is the first thing that you think about. It's the most important in your storytelling world. So documentary first really can mean that. It's not just that you're a first time filmmaker anymore, but you are prioritizing documentary stories so they won't be forgotten. And so we've decided to, to, bring everything under that banner now as a whole company, not just our podcast. So um, my company now will become documentary first uh, and it will be the podcast, but it will also be the overarching company. We will have a new logo. So completely new, you know, rebranding process coming up. We, um, yesterday, our graphic designer, and rebranding expert Mindy Cook presented us with three different exciting options for our new logo. And um, so documentary first, the podcast, the title will still say the same. It will just have a different little thumbnail and different look for when you um, it pops up in your feed. And then, then that gives us the opportunity. We'll be changing all of our social, social media. So we'll go from being the girl who wore freedom on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, to being documentary first. And on those social media feeds, we'll begin talking about all of our different projects. And right now, of course, there's the girl who wore freedom, but we have um, Grueling Glory is about to start its film festival run in January. The first place it will appear is at the Flathead Lake International Cinema Fest in Poulton, Montana. And then we've got the Brave Dutch, of course, that's currently being um, pitched for funding to different um, platforms. Then we have um, the Battle of Carentan, Unlocking the Key to Liberty, which is a documentary film series project that I'm working on with the town of Carentan, France. And so right now, that is four different projects that we have under the Documentary First banner. And we're going to have a new website as well as all of the new social media things. 
Um, and so, you know, we really did want to pick the brains of our podcast listeners to hear um, what they think and hear what they're interested in, what they want more of. Um, and so I, we're going to be doing this, you know, more often. So if you've thought about uh, becoming a supporter in the past, now's a really great time to do it. We're going to make that recording um, available to all of our Patreon subscribers. So it doesn't matter what level you're at, you will have access to, to watch what we did last night. Um, and then, yeah, we will be doing more live streams. I think it's at a $10 level. And that way, once a month, we'll meet face-to-face -face where people can talk with me just like on a regular Zoom call. Um, you know, we'll share ideas and uh, you'll be part of, of the documentary first team. It's awesome. Yeah. So, so yeah, that's, that's that. So enough about me. What's been happening with you guys, Jason, how's, uh, you know, Jax and Sean, Sean. Uh, things are going pretty good. Uh, over the weekend, we hit 10,000 followers, um, which we hit 5,000 on Halloween. So <laughs> we uh, were in incredibly blown away by, you know, we gained double the amount of people uh, watching our stuff uh, since uh, Halloween. <laughs> it was it was less than a month. Um, so we're just we're incredibly blown away. And uh, we've got one of my favorite reels actually coming out today. That's what they're called on Instagram, the short vertical videos. Um, it's uh, <laughs> it's a pretty funny little uh, concept of just eyes floating in darkness, like, you know, cartoons, you can do that. Um, and then he runs into a coffee table and uh, <laughs> just some funny stuff happens. And um, so I, it's one of the things I'm loving about this uh, whole experiment is just, OK, we got to make something and just, OK, what's a really quick thing we can do? What's a really fun thing we can do? What's a really different experimental thing we can do? And so we're just kind of discovering new ideas by playing around in the animation and um, just having fun. So yeah, we're, we're pretty excited um, with where things are going. Great, that's awesome. Other than just subscribing to you, do people interact with you at all? Oh yeah, we get a lot of comments. We get a lot of messages. Um, we've got a, a pretty big younger fan base who are asking us questions about like, you know, how do you get good at, at drawing? How do you make art that looks as good as yours and that sort of thing? And it's like, just pretty cool to be like talking to you know, a 12 year old reaches out and says, what can I do to end up like you? And it's like, that's a really interesting situation to be in and just encourage them and, and tell them to just keep working every single day and you'll get there. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, congrats to you. Thanks. It's been fun. Well, Josh, you have a podcast coming out that sounds super interesting. Yeah, we have, uh, so we've talked to Chris White, the director of Electric Jesus on this podcast. His movie uh, finally officially came out November 2nd of 2021. Where can you see that? Sorry? Where can that be seen? Video on demand. So wherever you rent movies, Prime, Vudu, Roku, I don't know what the other options are, but it's just, it's, it's streaming rental video, um, Electric Jesus. The star of the film is Brian Baumgartner, who most people know as Kevin Malone from The Office. Uh, Chris got us connected with Brian and Brian came on our podcast to talk about Electric Jesus and a little bit about his acting career. And it was a lot of fun to have him on with Jason, myself and Sky Jatani. That particular episode will be available Thursday, uh, December 9th. So a week from today as we record this. But I guess as you're listening to this, it's about to come out or just came out. 
Awesome. Well, that sounds great. Uh, everybody, if you've not listened to the movie proposal, uh, it's definitely worth your time. Um, it's interesting. It's informative. It's fun. Um, you know, they review uh, old movies and new movies. Um, you know, it's just a really great time. So uh, if you haven't checked it out, make sure to do that. Yeah, I um, and it, I guess it technically is like a movie review podcast, although I don't think we really consider ourselves movie reviewers or movie critics. We, it's <clears throat> someone who listened to it just referred to it as these sounds like conversations that they had with their friends in college about movies. And really, that's how it all got started was in college. I talked to my friends about movies. Then we all go our separate ways. Then you have no one to talk about movies with until you can find someone like Jason and Sky and whoever and say, oh, let's let's talk and maybe people will listen to us. So uh, that's basically what we do. Talk movies. And yeah. for some reason, they do listen to us like quite a few. <laughs> yeah, you guys have been growing steadily since you started. So that's yeah. exciting. That's the thing is like we're not we don't take it too seriously. We have a lot of fun. And so we joke around and, and that sort of thing. So, yeah, I, I think one of my favorite things about it is that, like, I didn't know Josh until we started doing the podcast and then he just started showing up and recorded the podcast. And now, you know, it's kind of just like hanging out with friends and talking movies. So it's, yeah. it's a good time now. That's awesome. I mean, it was a good time the whole time, but you know, <laughs> now I like Josh. <laughs> Josh is a likable guy. I've known Josh since Josh was just, you know, barely out of film school. So, uh, it's been nice to watch him grow and his family grow over time. And, you know, that's what I love about our podcast. I mean, I think we've all known each other for quite a long time. And, um, you know, I appreciate your commitment here and the time that you make to, to talk about movies with me and this film industry. And, you know, as we are discovering it, you know, kind of together, um, you know, it's been, it's been great. It, it really um, has been an anchor for me as well, um, you know, during this challenging time in my life. So I appreciate you guys being here. One thing I do want to talk about. Well. Oh, thank you. One thing I do want to talk about in the future, and I'm just going to tell, tell you guys this. I think it would be interesting um, to talk to filmmakers about actually how you make a podcast work. Because now, Jason, you're on three or four. Uh, I'm on three. I produce and edit six. <laughs> Okay. So, <laughs> so you're going to be the expert in this episode, next episode that we're going to do, which is going to be, you know, actually the mechanics of how we get a podcast done and kind of what we've learned over the time of doing a podcast. So um, that's actually going to be the episode for next week, unless something uh, comes up. So, uh, so get, get everything prepared, Jason Rugg, you're going to be uh, in the hot seat next week. Looking forward to it. All right. Well, that's about all I got today. Awesome. Okay. Well, hey, um, so we learned about Patreon again. You can you know, support the podcast in that way. And thank you to Patreon supporters currently for that. We got an update on the Girl World Freedom, and uh, that's always good to hear about. So, and we're going to have some new branding coming down the pipeline for, for all this. So that's exciting. Yeah. Well, thank you everyone for listening to Documentary First where we believe everyone has a story to tell and you can be the one to tell it. Yes, you can. Bye, everybody.
Thank you for listening to Documentary First. We really appreciate your partnership with us. We can't do any of this without you. So thank you so much for listening, for donating, and for following along on our journey. If you are able to make a donation this week, we would really appreciate it. We are supported by donors who give us $100 or less, so anything helps. Also, if you're able to share the news about The Girl Who Wore Freedom with your friends and family, please do that on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, or email. And sign up for our newsletter at thegirlwhowarefreedom.com. Please go to thegirlwhowarefreedom.com slash donate to make a donation today.